0: I'd like to just uh, express my respects to all of you. And just so you all know, I am in training. This is my guru. And he is putting me through the ringer here. <laughs> training me. And <laughs> following his footsteps, hopefully. Um, so thank you all for being here tonight. Thank you. Thank you. So generally when we see something of value, like a jewel or gold, a treasure, then what we see people want to take those things, right? Everybody wants something valuable. Um, Just like we have a place on a pad next door we put some of our old furniture, different things out there. They don't have much value, but still people see there's some value and they grab them. take them Uh, similarly see this going on in the marketplace basically people are presenting something of value and others are coming and taking them so this is constantly going on Um, these exchange of different valuable items Uh, just like in the mid-1800s the California Gold Rush now I think it's 300,000 people. least 300,000 people went to California to find uh, this gold. So anytime there's something of value, people are going to go there and they're going to take it. That's just the nature. We want. We want um, those good things. So my question to you all just to get this off the ground: is why, why is it that we often see spiritual treasures? neglected does anybody have any thoughts on that yes because
1: to the untrained mind we um don't see the treasure in them so the untrained mind all we see is something that has no value because no importance
0: right. to spiritual treasures because it doesn't feed us our bodies it doesn't feed us mm-hmm. our bodies very good excellent so, Prabhu is saying, we don't recognize it as being a treasure because it doesn't directly relate to our experience in this world. Just like uh, we, we've all had a really nice meal, or we've all seen a very beautiful sunset, or we've all had that great vacation, or those moments that we don't want to forget. There's memorable things in our life and we can, those things are tangible and so we think, well, this is, this is valuable, I know this is valuable, so I'm going to pursue those things. I want more of those experiences. I want more wonderful meals. I want more great vacations. I want more um, experience with friends, laughing and having a good time. I said, I want more of these things. These are things, tangible things we have experienced. But we don't necessarily see that in, in spiritual treasures. We don't, we don't necessarily recognize that. So that's very good. Is there any other reasons? Yes.
1: Uh, um I think that if you um dissociate from your own experiences we are to in the world that it can you can fall out of practice with feeling yourself into feeling, and ends up feeling painful to experience love or good things like hot extreme hot and extreme
0: cold they don't burn. <laughs> that's very good. Excellent. Yeah actually Guru Dave speaks about this. He speaks about how oftentimes we we get used to something that isn't good and this is called a conditioned life. So we get used to something that's subpar; par. It could be better but it's just been like that. We've just been habituated to it. Uh, we're remembering the song, uh, Hello darkness my old friend. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. So it's like we're, we're, we've been used to this, living in this darkness, in this dense environment, and we kind of get comfortable in that in that zone, in that way of being. Um, so, yeah, definitely. That's definitely a really good point. And then we're kind of almost afraid to go into the light. We're afraid to do something good for ourselves, to experience something that's the actually we've intrinsically got. good. Yeah. when you wake and
1: you're like the sun is up,
0: Right, yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, all night, it it says in the Bhagavad Gita, this time of day for a self-realized person, is time of night for those who are materialistic, and vice versa.
1: Yes? It's because comfort is what makes us numb. Comfort is a great destroyer. Comfort keeps us from experiencing life at its best, and that includes, most importantly, the spiritual um, gifts that are surrounding us all over the place.
0: Yeah, it's a good point, because we're on a progressive journey, and so we have to be pushed to reach a state of um, awakening of the bliss of the soul. And because um, we haven't fully tasted that, we haven't fully discovered the spiritual nature, then we have to uh, have difficult situations in our life that give us, us a reason to, to step out of this comfortable area and approach something that we need, we really want deep down, we really need. So it pushes us to, to go ahead and take those steps. So is there any other reason? Yes. So in this material
1: world, we are trying to get instant sense gratification. So we tend to forget the spiritual pleasure or spiritual behavior because we want instant gratification of our senses everything,
0: we want to Yeah, it's kind of an instant gratification environment, right? We want some instant order. Um, everything is done quickly, and we want gratification immediately. So that's the nature of, of this world, especially Kali Yuga, its current age. <laughs> and we want things very quickly, we want it now, and we want immediate satisfaction. But even the materialist uh, psychologists, Remember, M. Scott Peck, he wrote a book called Roadless Travel. You remember that, this book? And he spoke about um, delaying, delayed gratification. In other words, you work and you plan, and then in time, you can have more satisfaction through this, this sacrifice of the immediate gratification. So that's a great point, because uh, to experience something that's more pleasurable, then it's going to take some. Uh, planning an investment, it might not be immediately pleasing to the senses. Uh, Like like Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, uh, spiritual treasures, or like he says, spiritual treasures, they're like poison in the beginning to us because of that comfortable environment we've become conditioned by. Uh, But at the end, they become very sweet, become like nectar. But those immediate gratificatory activities, they're pleasing in the beginning, but then they become like poison in the end. So that's the difference, that's the contrast. It's night for the self-control sage. it's daytime for the materialist, like that. So it's, um, we're trying to move into that that place of recognition, yeah. It's, I mean,
1: this, uh, is it the instantness of the gratification or is it just like the easiness or like, cause like, is there like a momentary like comfort or gratification that we can achieve that wouldn't be, that,
0: like. Yes, exactly. And actually, I wanted to speak about that tonight, too. Now, if you already remember um, Buddha, um, he spoke about the middle way. Remember? So there was one aspect where he was saying, totally detach, don't engage at all in the world. And then the other end of the spectrum is just go for it, enjoy all you can. But then there was this, this place in the middle where live a life where you don't harm others. That was Buddha's mission. Because karma works like a reflection, if we we do no harm, then no harm should come to us, right? So there's a middle way. So in the same way in in this bhakti yoga practice, this actually is the the synthesis of how can we um, actually be happy now? How can we experience pleasure now? And later, both happiness now and increasing in happiness. So that's the difference between the impersonal spiritual path, where uh, there's a rigorous uh, giving up of everything material and uh, going to a secluded place and meditating within for many, many years. And the path of bhakti yoga, which means we can be in this world but not of this world. Like what Jesus Christ taught in this world, and he actually um, he actually spoke to this to these values. To because what we're trying to communicate, what all the saints are trying to communicate, that all the great spiritual teachers are trying to communicate, is changing our value system. What do we value? Do we value uh, things that are temporal of this world, and we had some tangible experience with? Or are we going to try to pursue something more? Now, can you? I like to challenge you. um, Think about this for the next couple days. Think about experiences that you've had in life where you found happiness, but it was more subtle. It wasn't like you just had this great bowl of ice cream. (laughs) It was something more, uh, like relational. Just think of different experiences, and this is. Proof, just the just material energy, that as we, as we enter more of the subtle um, environment of enjoyment, it's better. Like, um, I remember growing up, uh, sometimes, my siblings and I, we were good kids. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> In this particular uh, circumstance, sometimes my mom would go out, and we decide we want to clean the house for her. And when she got home, she'd be so happy to see a clean house because my mom was always cleaning, and always working, always cooking, yeah, so, so we would scramble for maybe an hour and all of us would be, work, would be working together and clean the whole house. My mom came home and she'd just be beaming. She was so happy and like that was that those experiences were some of the best experiences of my childhood. It wasn't, you know, going to that great movie or, you know, having that, you know pizza party. It wasn't those things. It was actually something more subtle, something relational like that. Yes. Love expressing itself through you mm-hmm. at its best. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Very good. Um, and so, yeah, so think of, please think about, um, these own experiences in your own life and that will give you more faith because one reason we may neglect spiritual treasures and we do is we don't really maybe believe that they're there. You know, we may not really think that they actually exist and actually experience, can experience these things. And and so, I just to give us some proof um, that the subtler experience is better, makes us more happy, more blissful. And the most subtle experience is the one of the soul and the soul's relationship with God. And that's, that's what Jesus talked about as well. Um, he would... And there's a there's that incident with with the rich man remember and he wanted to follow jesus but jesus said first you have to give up everything give up every all your riches and then follow me he said i can't do that he said, I shouldn't do that. And, so, and so it was very jesus was was making a statement he was making a statement to the world to all of us that if we're too much attached to the treasures of this world, and we can't embrace the treasures of God. Just like uh, those 300,000 people were going to California, right? For the gold rush. If there was treasure on the other, other side of the country, they, they couldn't go there because they went west, right? Because we only have so much time. We can go west or we can go east. But, but if we choose to go west, then during that time that we, we go west, we're not able to go east. You see? And so in our subconscious, we're thinking, you know, I know there's gratification in this world. I've tasted happiness in this world. So I'm not going to use my time to go within. Although the saints say to go within, I'll go, all the spiritual teachers say to go, go within. Although we've had experiences, subtle experiences of our own that gave us more happiness than sense gratification. But still we have more faith in this world. And so our value system is, is misguided. Because we haven't recognized, like, like he, was, he was saying, this is what we were saying. We haven't recognized that the treasures of this world are, let's see, I, I wrote down a quote. This is from Matthew in the Bible. I'm using the print. Biblical text. The Westerners are more in tune with Jesus' pure teaching, which are wonderful, which are perfect. Completely Vedic. Completely in line with Vedic culture, Bhakti Yoga. So he says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And that means in the kingdom of God. Be with God where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. So no matter what we build in this world, um, it's, on a, it's on a foundation of sand. It will be washed away by the waves of time. Everything, a um, hundred years from now, none of us will be here. Every single living entity on this planet will be somewhere else. A different, a different body, maybe a different planet. And so where do we want to be? And that's what these, these, uh, these bhakti yoga texts are, are pushing us to do, is where do we want to be? Where do we want to go? Because Krishna, um, the Supreme Lord, who is witnessing our desires within our heart, He's simply allowing us to go where we want. He's allowing us to embrace the treasures that we desire. Um, So what we're trying to communicate is give up uh, the pursuit of material treasure and pursue the pursuit of spiritual treasure. No, don't neglect any, any more the spiritual treasure because the spiritual treasure is pure and perfect. And it leads to something really substantial, something really wonderful, something that can really grow. It will never slip away from us. The spiritual treasure will uh, become and manifest like a beautiful flower, as described in the the bhakti text. Like a beautiful flower, go to the spiritual kingdom of God and rest at the lotus feet of God, Krishna. that that is the nature of the unfurling of our spiritual nature and that's available for us and the bhakti yoga texts are describing where does this treasure lie because if you want a treasure you have to know where it is right so where does this treasure lie this treasure it only lies in one place so please remember where this treasure lies and it lies in the hearts of those who know and love God. It's the only place in existence where this treasure lies. Um, besides that, we have the material energy working. It's uh, the transmutation of this material energy. The state of, of going from one form to the next is happening. And here is that treasure lying there within the heart of those who know and love God. And so Bhagavad Gita, the Lord says, if you want to extract this treasure You approach those persons. Find persons who know and love Krishna. know and love God as a person. And inquire from them. Say, hey, can you please explain to me about Krishna? Can you please explain God to me? Yeah? What
1: do you mean God as a person? I'm clicking background, I don't know exactly.
0: Well, there's three features of God. So one is his energies.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And one is um, that he's with you. Always with every living entity in the heart. Holy Spirit, Spirit, right. right? And then the third way is that He is uh, eternally uh, manifested as a a person. uh, Where we can have an exchange with God. Just like we have bodies and therefore we can have personal exchange. In the same way, this is a shadow reflection. This material world is a shadow reflection of the spiritual world. So in the spiritual world, the kingdom of God, Jesus talked about. As Jesus said, we can sit at the right hand of the Father, right? It's very personal, very personal description. It says, I will be there, my God and your God, my Father and your Father, we will be there with with our Father in heaven. So he spoke about this this personal experience with God, and it's the highest experience. Yeah, I guess when when
1: Christians talk about God as a person, they mean literally Jesus, and not like anything else. Like they mean the person Jesus, that's it. I guess I mean, do you mean like a person, or do you mean like person? Uh, person, you
0: know, like? There's a supreme person, the yeah. supreme source okay. of, of everyone, and then there's the separate parts and parcels persons. So we're, we're all individuals, uh, but yet we're one. So it's this oneness and difference. Okay. So Jesus is a is a, the son of God. Yeah. And so we talk about in the Christian tradition, the Trinity, yeah, yeah, right? So you have God the Father, you have the source, or Krishna, like Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, he says, I am the source of all of you. I am your, your father. I'm your supreme father. He says it doesn't mean do yeah. He's actually saying that. Um, and so you have the father, then you have the son, and the son, the good son. We're all children of God, right? The good son is totally aligned with the father. Therefore, the message of the son is the same as the father. The son is saying, surrender to our father in heaven. Uh, serve that Lord. Go be with that Lord. And, and the son is saying the same thing. So well, they both have the same message. Krishna's saying, Bhagavad Gita, come back to me. Yeah. And then the of devotee, they're saying, go back to Krishna. <laughs> and they're saying the exact same thing. <laughs> so so uh, um, it's
1: like telling a kid to bend toward their parents. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> park or something. Yeah, that's
0: excellent advice, yeah. <laughs> and that's where the love and safety is uh, with, the, with the parent. Um, so I'd like to pause here if there's any questions or discussion about these points. Yes, we do.
1: I really like your analogy of the uh, gold rush. It was established that something very valuable was in China for you it. And so everybody took off together. It. And uh, it's kind of like there sometimes we see the seems to be the dawning of a spiritual uh, rush, like a gold rush. Selling people who go to California fools for because they get.
0: So we get we get these tip-offs. This is like if you right if you know there's a good investment. Some people uh they do trading through invest, investments, and they get tipped off. They say, Oh, this this stock is gonna skyrocket. So everybody rushes towards that and buys that. So, in the same way, uh great souls, uh, great spiritual teachers, um, there's one here, great here, even he, he'll give you inside information. You know, it's illegal. Do you insider trading? Like if, you get a, if you get an insider tip, right, somebody tells you who, before it goes public, right, oh, this, this stuff's going to go up, and then you buy it, that's illegal, right? Well, in spiritual life, it's not like that. In spiritual life, you actually can get insider trading tips. So you have the great souls that are saying, they're tipping you off. Hey, there's some amazing treasures here. You should get in on this. You know, You're going to really, you're going to cash out. You're, you're gonna you're gonna do big and so it's exactly like that uh, it's a wonderful analogy I think it did, um, about how we can get this evidence and then just think you know maybe we haven't experienced god the way we want to maybe we haven't had uh, these little drops of spiritual bliss arise up within our soul maybe we have maybe we haven't but the idea is is to recognize the qualities in the saintly person, and see the blissful experience that, that the saints have. They say, oh, they have this, this is possible, and I want this. And the thing is, uh, today more than ever, this treasure is readily available. It's so the cheapest price um, in any time in the history, because the Lord came through his holy names, through his sacred names, there's that uh, one, one verse, is so this means that Krishna came from the spiritual world to us in the form of his names. And it's prema and that means a treasure of divine love. It means within these names is a treasure of divine love. And so through this bhakti yoga practice, in this very dense dark kava yuga, the light of Krishna's name has come to this world. And so all the great souls are saying, take this treasure. Don't miss this opportunity. Use this rare healing life. Take the holy names of Krishna, vibrate them on your tongue, and therefore associate with God and awaken your spiritual bliss. Because you know something's valuable when you never lose that. If you have something you're going to lose, Immediately you should know that this doesn't have any value. Yes. Oh, okay. well, um
1: Director, um, I'm sure this is since I'm still agreeing that is um, Krishna considered is Krishna ultimate God compared to in other pathways where there are like different hierarchies like you say with Jesus is, is considered the sun. Is it considered there is no greater
0: In Krishna? Krishna contains everything. So Krishna um, is the original source of all expansion. See, God, God is one, right? God is one. We are all part of God. But there's an original source, and a, a one um, analogy analogy like to give is the sun. The sun is the source of all the light. Right? All the photons of light, the innumerable photons. The sun rays are different than the the sun globe, yet they're one, right? They're one and different. So Krishna is like the sun globe, and we're like the photons of light. And we relate to uh, that source. So now Krishna is unlimited. He's God, he's all powerful. So he he can expand, he can expand to be with every single person, and he can relate with every single person perfectly. And when you're with this person, Krishna, it feels like you're, you're the only one with him. And, and his experience with you is that he's just with you. That's the potency of God. Mm-hmm. But he's with everybody. So, yes, yeah, Krishna is the, the, the source and, and the container of everything in existence. Yes. And he's, he's ready to uh, reestablish these relationships as long as we start taking steps towards him. He's very eager to, um, to recognize that. Uh, Sri Ramakalupad, uh, he taught, he said, we should we should act in such a way um, that God wants to see us. Mm-hmm. Right? Not that we, we, we're trying or demanding to see God, but when we uh, develop these qualities of service, because we we're speaking about how do we extract these treasures of divine love from the hearts of those who know and love God. Right? We we're speaking about that. So one is to approach them and inquire from them. Hey, you know and love God. Please, can you tell me something about Krishna? That's how your said this is what this spiritual society is for. It's for developing love of God and sharing that with others. That's what this society has been created for. And, and then through that process, and we all want to serve because when we serve those who know and love god they we're directly serving god because what are they doing they're serving god's mission so through that inquiry and service this is the passcode to unlock our own dormant love of god that we already have in our heart so the treasure is there which is just awakening that awakening that love of the soul and that's what this process is for Okay, so we're a little over time. I want to thank you all so much for being here. And please join us in our channel. And we're going to have a wonderful meal after this. Hare, Hare Krishna. Thank you. Thank you for your nice contribution. That's great.